Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. What's poppin' and welcome back to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast, presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host, Zay. As always, I got my guy with me. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? Yo, we have a great show for you today. We had an epic weekend of football. We have your news and notes, waiver wire gold and your week 13 review make sure that you join us on facebook at the fantasy football fiend family facebook group and if you need to get us any information fantasy football fiend at gmail for promos advertisings and things of that nature now let's go ahead and hop into your news <laughs> And now your fantasy news. All right, good people. So we did have a few significant injuries this week. Uh, some aren't going to affect you as much as others, but we'll kind of navigate through them all. The one that is, uh, I guess, the most far-reaching are the two, I would say. Some people are probably, well, were probably, depending on Jimmy Garoppolo, depending on your league type, he has been ruled out for the rest of the year. Um, he had a broken foot in the Dolphins game. So his backup, Mr. Irrelevant, Mr. Purdy, came in and he kind of made me feel like they didn't miss a beat. This guy may be the permanent backup, uh, switching from uh, Garoppolo being the starter to Trey Lance being the starter next year. Or he may actually start the season, depending on how long Lance, how long it takes Lance to get back in the fold. Not exactly sure if he'll be ready for the start, but what are your thoughts on the Jimmy G situation and your new backup or your new starter, actually? Uh, I mean, the injury is uh, it's pretty unfortunate, being that they lost their starter at the beginning of the season, the remainder of the season. Jimmy G was playing pretty decent. So it's unfortunate as an organization having uh, playoff hopes and uh, Super Bowl aspirations this year. Uh, the kid that came in, Brock Purdy, he didn't play bad. Came in with a lot of confidence. Kind of surprised uh, being, you know, this is a, natural third string guy so usually right. these guys are a little more trying to manage the game not really trying to make mistakes a lot of check downs are involved things of that nature but man this dude yeah. came out like yeah. like he like he <laughs> like he had confidence like he's a starter like this is my team you know what i mean he definitely I, has the team the rest of the year so he has time to prove himself for sure for sure but if you if you watched it it's just like he didn't came out like shaky or Afraid but, of extremely confident, so that was a, a plus to see. Matthew Stafford is likely done for the season as well. He's supposedly dealing with a spinal cord contusion. So, yeah, more bad news for the Rams. That's uh, that's a pretty significant injury there. We had uh, Lamar Jackson, who ended up having a knee injury. Now, 
the thing that's significant about fantasy for this one is he's been deemed as day-to-day slash week-to-week, which kind of tells me that they don't feel unless barring some significant change, he probably won't be going this next week. Tyler Huntley would be the one uh, next up. And uh, he's normally been able to step right in. And and I I won't say they don't miss a beat because missing a talent like Lamar Jackson does change up, you know, several things. But I'll say that their skill sets are quite different. And where you lack what Lamar had, what Huntley brings to the table can kind of be just as significant, if you will. Well, you know, these guys been here before, so I don't think this would be any different. And recently. <laughs> right. You know, as of last year. Honestly, this move is it's funny, right? Mark Andrews actually gets a bump. If you recall, or, you know, we're paying attention, Tyler Huntley came in last year. That's when Andrews' number spike. He ended up being the number Correct. one tight end in fantasy last year because of the addition of Huntley at quarterback. We all know that Lamar Hunt and Lamar and Andrews had the connection, but the connection was really on full you know, display when Huntley was in the game because this is a guy he really leans on and give a lot of targets. So I think it's like business as usual. The Ravens, I mean, like I said, they've been before. They played several games with this guy at quarterback, and they continue to do the same. I look for Lamar maybe to come back late in the season. Not sure if you're going to make it back by the time you're – well, he may make it back if you're in your championship game or maybe in the game before. Uh, but he'd probably be out for at least a couple of weeks. Kenneth Walker third ended up getting hurt in this week's game, didn't return to Sunday's game. As of right now, they don't have a prognosis that they've kind of put out there as far as whether or not he'll be ready for this upcoming game. But – this is one of those injuries that that's really coming at an inopportune time because a lot of people pivoted to Walker from another injury that maybe happened, you know, earlier in the season. He was one of those guys that most did not have as a starter, especially in the beginning when Penny was kind of running things in Seattle. So Walker has an ankle injury. They haven't indicated if it's of the low or high variety. That'll kind of give us all the information that we need to know once we can get that little bit out there. So by midweek show, we should be able to give you more info on that. What are your thoughts on Joe Mixon? We kind of thought that he'd be back from his concussion by now. What's going on here? Uh, You know, with this new concussion protocol, they're really taking time over the top rushing these guys back. I definitely look for him to be playing uh, week 14. He definitely should be there because he was so close to being cleared this week. But it's just another testament to this new concussion thing where they're going, they're going, they're taking extra steps, extra precautions, just to make sure these guys are 100% before they put them back out on the field. So it's just a new, it's a new day now when it comes to getting these uh, head injuries. Moving on to wide receiver, Quez Watkins will undergo an MRI on today. He suffered an AC joint sprain during Sunday's win over the Titans. Yeah, he didn't really bring a whole lot to the table anyway, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think it affect anything as far as the Eagles is, you know, have going on. Um, uh, I guess the MRI uh, later on today will show the significance of this, uh, this AC joint sprain that he has. You likely see a guy like Zach Pascal come in with an increased role. So I don't, I don't think there's a real difference between Pascal and uh, and Watkins, me personally. Jalen Waddle went down pretty early. I, I don't believe he actually had a catch in the contest. Dealing with the leg injury, we haven't gotten an update as to how significant this leg injury may be, but another very key cog for several teams going into the playoffs or based on playing him to get into the playoffs might have 
just missed it because of that injury. What do we got on Waddle so far? Um, I know he was able to return to the game, but even in his return, didn't do anything. Part of the reason why I lost this week. I, I think it's it, it, apparently it's not nothing too crazy because he came back. I guess I would look for him to play this upcoming week as well. I'm not sure exactly what the injury was. They really didn't go into detail about it. But um, I yeah, guess they we, just said leg injury. They really didn't give much more than that. Right, so I guess we'll know more as uh, the week uh, go on. He'll probably be limited uh, this week. Definitely probably won't practice until like the Thursday or something like that. Just you know, get that extra rest. Did you see the hit that Traylon Burks took in the end zone on Sunday while holding on to the ball? This dude took a hit that, yeah, he, he definitely went out for a concussion protocol after said hit. He was ruled out for the remainder of the contest, and he was one of those, you know, you know, stuck for a minute cases. And it wasn't a, hey, let's call down from the booth to check on this guy. Nah, everybody and their mama knew he ain't playing no more today. Do we think that this may be a, hey, you're right back? Or could this mess around and turn around to be a mixing situation? Most definitely. Uh, he definitely will be out for minimum one game. But don't be surprised if this thing stretch on a little bit longer uh, to two or three, you know, to two, at least two games. The way that hit was not just in, and look from his reaction, you know, he definitely be out this week. So I, I wouldn't look for anybody to be playing Trey Line or look to play him. I think he'd be out. Cortland Sutton ended up with a hamstring injury. Sutton and uh, Denver in general really haven't been firing on all cylinders at any point this year. Sutton failed to haul in his only target before suffering that hamstring injury. And the Broncos placed K.J. Hamler, who also had a hamstring injury on IR this week. This could end up getting pretty abysmal, even more so for Denver with more pieces being out. It's going to be interesting where they where they pivot to and Kendall Hinton uh, I mean I, I I'm guessing he's going to be the one to get the increased uh, snaps but I don't think it'll help anybody at this point Denver has a lot to do in this offseason and I think the first thing they're going to have to do is hire a, a head coach that has some experience I don't think anyone should be looking at any uh Denver Bronco offensive guys who cares at this point you got Sutton Judy Hinton hell McCaffrey Rod Smith I don't give a damn what Bronco you got like <laughs> as long as Russ at the quarterback and they have Hackett with the headphones on nothing's going on we have a couple of things going on in the arena of the uh, tight ends Hayden Hurst ended up with a calf injury on Sunday you saved me from playing him I had him in my starting lineup I changed him to Cole Komet last minute the Sunday show, the live show on Facebook helps everybody, including us. So um, make sure you guys catch that live show. We help you out with your DFS decisions as well as your start-sit decisions. Foster Moreau, another concussion guy. Exited Sunday's game, didn't record a catch. Another head case, if you will. The Raiders are in a situation where they're losing um, the war of attrition, if you will. Look, the Patriots might mess around and get their offensive coordinator back next year. I, I don't know if McDaniels is going to be able to withstand the firestorm that's going to be coming his way if they don't win several more games in spite of the fact that they've lost people. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> Ain't much to say. I mean, you said it all as a mouthful. I mean, they definitely will probably end up getting their guy back. This time of the year, you definitely see that attrition you spoke on. Like, this is, this is the time things start to pile up and separate the men from the boys. I ain't really got much to say on that. And I believe that about wraps up the news. Let's go ahead and get into your waiver wire goal.
all right good people so for those of you that have to make pivots or in some cases maybe you've just been riding the hot hand and picking up for that flex spot or maybe that third wide receiver spot people that um you know just kind of have a good matchup for the week or whose situations have changed so we are going to go through a few waiver candidates and vander's going to let us know whether or not these are guys that he would roster or whether he'd leave them on the waiver it's going to be a stash him or trash him episode as far as waiver wire gold is concerned first up vander i have cam Akers, who in week 13 he rushed 17 times for 60 yards two touchdowns Kyron williams still played a decent number of snaps but Akers had 14 more carries same number of targets stash him or trash him i mean it just seems like he's going to be touchdown dependent due to the how this offense looks I guess if you're in a deep league in the flex, you can't stash him, but it depends on how your team is constructed. Other than that, I would just trash him. Zonovan Knight running back for the Jets. He was able to actually show and prove once again. He had 90 yards on 15 carries, 28 yards off of five catches, where James Robinson managed just 10 yards on three carries. It certainly seems as if Zonovan Knight has already passed up James Robinson as far as the depth chart is concerned. And we don't exactly know what's going to go on with Carter, uh, whether or not he's going to be you know, ready to take back his share of the running back snaps. So Zonovan Knight, stash him or trash him? I will stash him. James Cook. He ended up racking up 64 yards and the team high 14 carries. So it looks as if they are making that transition over to Cook from Singletary. You stashing them or trashing them? Definitely stashing them. DJ Dallas, now that Kenneth Walker III is injured, we aren't, again, exactly sure how this ankle injury is going to work out. But DJ Dallas did seem to be the primary running back after that injury and then um alongside him was tony jones jr who only ended up with like 32 yards on nine touches obviously based on the prognosis that we get of walker but is dj dallas a stash or trash i'm gonna say he a trash this is one of those all money and good money type of things like yeah he's the next guy in line it seemed like but nah it's, it's, it's not worth it it's not worth your time. Greg Doches, tight end of the Broncos, had a big bounce back week in week 13. Six catches, eight targets, 85 yards, and his ownership is under 50% right now. It looks like the only pass catcher that has any semblance of consistency is Greg Doches. So do you go against the trend as far as playing Broncos offensive players and you look at Greg Doches a little bit differently? Are we stashing him? Or are we trashing him? With the way the tight end situation looks this year, he definitely is a stash. I mean, we just talking about a concussion for Monroe. So there's going to be some some, peop, some pieces out there that you can fill in. So I think he's definitely and a we stash. we have a big buy coming up in week 14 as well. For sure. Oh, yeah. You guys remember, please please remember that. If, if you're hanging on the edge there, you might want to pivot early because week 14, I, I want to say there's, what are the four teams? Four or five? Four, four, four to six teams, if I'm not mistaken, that are going to be on by week 14. So we'll definitely get you prepared for that in the midweek show as far as the start sit advice is concerned. Jamison Williams, wide receiver for the Lions, made his debut. Even though he didn't see very many snaps, he was able to get out there and there were no setbacks. Is this a guy that we are going to stash or is it too late in the season for him to do anything of significance this year? Only stash him in a dynasty. But I'm sure if in the dynasty league, he's already on the team. 
No, he's definitely a trash as far as doing anything this season. Nico Collins finished the week with three catches off of 10 targets for only 35 yards. So he's definitely getting the volume. Hadn't done very much with it yet, but Brandon Cooks has a calf injury. Not sure if he's going to be able to go this week. He didn't go this past week. It didn't seem to matter too much. But if you're in wide receiver trouble, do the volume, do you stash him or do you trash him? Like I said, it depends on the cook injury and due to volume, I think he's a stash. Now, this guy is the guy that Joe brought up on the DFS and the start sit session. Trent Sherfield of the Dolphins. He caught one of three targets, 75 yards and a touchdown against the 49ers vaunted defense with Jaden Waddle struggling with that leg injury for most of the game. Sherfield has found himself in a larger role and he is being dependent upon in key situations. This is one of those guys that in any given week, he can do what he did this week. It only takes him one to get to the house, especially with the other wide receivers and talent that's there. You really can't pay all that much attention to him. But because there isn't very much volume, that's what makes it kind of a, a, a tricky situation. So as far as Trent Sherfield is concerned, are you trashing him or are you stashing him? I'm trashing him. I mean, he he has 75 yards receiving of one ball, <laughs> hit three targets. And that was the first play of the game. Only seen two targets after that. Uh, in a deeper dynasty league, he's he's a good play. He's a good stash. But in any redraft leagues or uh, things like that, he's definitely in the trash. He shouldn't be on any rosters. Jahan Dots, he started out the season on fire, but that was with Wentz being his quarterback. Finally, he was able to kind of get back into the swing of things this week, catching five of nine targets for 54 yards and a touchdown. Now, again, this week coming is going to be one of those bi-week apocalypse situations going on. Are we going to feel any level of confidence as far as Dotson is concerned now that he is the surefire number two target behind Scary Terry for the commanders? Are we stashing him or trashing him? I think we're trashing him. Uh, he's, he's, he's not relevant until Wentz comes back. I mean, he did have a decent game, uh, but the, the the three games before that, he you didn't see him. He had one target, two targets, one target. So, I mean, yeah, he had uh, nine this game, but the last three games only had three or four targets in three games. So, I'm not really buying the juke, buying it yet. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like I said, if you're in deeper leagues, of course, this guy will probably be on your team. Dynasty leagues, of course, he'd be on your team, but in regular redraft leagues, I don't see him good as a wide receiver three on rosters. I don't, I don't really see it. Do you feel the same way about Donovan Peoples-Jones? I know it's probably going to take another week or so for Deshaun Watson to kind of get back in the swing of things, but he caught three of his targets for 44 yards, and he was targeted three times, so he basically caught everything that went his way. He had also a 75-yard punt return for a touchdown, so if your league depending on settings, gives you points as far as returns are concerned, regardless of whether you had the Browns uh, defense and special teams or people's zones, you got a, a boost there. And the Browns defense went off. They probably won some people some weeks and kind of got you into the playoffs. How do you feel about Donovan Peoples-Jones going forward now? I actually like Peoples-Jones better than I like Dawson. Okay. But, I mean, um, again, we got to wait till Deshaun gets back flowing. I think once he gets his legs under him, then you'll see people's Jones really start to take that next step. I'll maybe give it another two weeks, and then maybe you'll see it him coming to his own. But um, I like I like people's Jones. And lastly, Jordan Mason, running back for the 49ers. He handled eight carries and had 51 rushing yards, and he should continue to see 
a decent amount of touches each week because it's been shown that the 49ers are going to run with a platoon type of a situation whenever they have healthy backs. And they don't want to run McCaffrey into the ground. They definitely gave up quite a bit for him. So they need him to be healthy for the next several years, especially seeing as how now with Garoppolo out, the odds of them making um, a decent amount of noise in the playoffs has reduced itself dramatically. How are we feeling about Jordan Mason fantasy-wise throughout the rest of the season? I think he's only relevant if there's an injury because McCaffrey kind of jumped back into his old bag yesterday, if you paid attention. Like, he had 25 touches. He had 17 carries, and he caught eight balls with 10 targets. That sounds like Carolina Panther McCaffrey to me. It um, would if only there was nobody behind him because with Mason, he still got eight carries. Eight carries is pretty significant. Is it, though? Because, I mean – Kind of, I mean, in not, comparison to say, if not, you're going to make the Carolina comparison, because nobody no, no. got anything about Well, it. no, I'm making the comparison <laughs> you said as far as Shanahan, like, them wanting not to really put a lot on them. I, that's mm-hmm. why I don't think it's significant, because we've seen, uh, hell, Elijah Mitchell get, like, 18 carries, you know what I'm saying? we see yeah, him get I a, think it was different, though, because it was Miami. They really, this was one of those weekends where you really wanted to bring out the Ferrari. This is one of those we really want, we really need to and want to beat these guys this week type of situation, in my opinion. So I think it was kind of different than your than your regular week. To me, I just think that the injury to Elijah Mitchell, you know, he has the trust in Elijah Mitchell, so he's able to give him that many carries behind him. I feel like he's kind of in a position where, hell, I got to get this guy this. And now it's even worse now with a third-string quarterback. Yeah. I just think it's – I think there'll be more rushing attempts now. And dump downs, checkoffs, you know what I'm saying? He had 10 targets. That's a lot. You know what I mean? So, I agree. Uh, <laughs> I definitely so, agree. So I think Debo's rushing attempts will increase as well. I, I think. Sure. I think just they, overall in general, and that's, be a lot and more that's why. And that's why I think the Mason thing is not that big of a deal, unless it's an injury. Because I think, um, like you said, Debo rushing attempts has went up. It, it, it definitely went up this past game in comparison to the last couple of games where McCaffrey was on the field. Uh, so Debo had, you know, he ran the ball four times himself. Which was, you know, it's not a, a whole lot, you know what I mean? But at the same time, last week it was two, you know what I mean? So he doubled. Right. So I just think uh, – I think it's going to be defense and, and running. Like, like they're going to try to not pass the ball as much as possible for the rest 100%, of the season. 100%. And it's going to be short. Um, you've seen Kyle Jusek get some targets. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Guys like that. Um you probably see Don't emerge- screw us over plays is basically what it's going to be. Yeah, even Kittle. I think it's a lot more Kittle. So I think this guy probably going to lean on the more shorter throws, things like that, and get those yards to the catch type of uh, things. So. And that wraps up your waiver wire goal for the week. We are going to go ahead and end the show with your week 13 review. All right, so we started the week off on Thursday with my squad getting their behinds handed to them. That was a 24-10 to 10 loss. The most surprising thing in this game to me was Stevenson. Uh, he didn't wreck your week, but he didn't do as much as I thought he could do with the volume that he was given. On the Buffalo side, um, there was nothing that was too surprising. I thought Allen could probably get a few more points than he did. But outside of that, it was pretty much status quo. They did what they have done to the New England Patriots for the last few games. I think last four games. The last, uh, the last game that New England beat them, the only game that New England beat them out of like the last four or five was the one where we didn't throw the ball, but like one time in the game, there was like 40 mile per hour wins up in Buffalo that week. Yeah, Stevenson actually didn't play bad. He just didn't 
get any any wreck. He just didn't you know go off. You know? But he didn't get no wreck. I mean, you only got 10 carries. It just goes to show watching this game, it was too conservative. The offense played too conservative. Matt Jones, a lot of players was already kind of like, you know, frustrated. Yeah, like, <laughs> let's push it downfield. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a testament of you need to find your offensive coordinator. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because this is a game, if you look at if you watch this game, this is actually a game an old Patriot-style team could have won, if that makes sense. With this offense, you know, with this offense they have now, you can't, you're not going to beat the Bills. But with the Patriots we know of the past, this is a game they could have stole. You know what I mean? Like, the Bills, they played all right, but it wasn't like, you know, they didn't get you look at the score 24-10, but it really wasn't a blowout if you watch the game. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't that big of a you know gap between the two teams. It's just that one was you know executing and one wasn't. You know what I'm saying? And I mean the emergence of James Cook is one of the things that stood out in this game. Like he's about Definitely. to maybe take over that backfield uh, moving forward. I I think they're gonna have a a one A one B situation because even when Singletary got in there, he still looked just as good as Cooks, but. Uh, it's, they definitely are making sure that regardless of what happens, they're going to be ready for the playoff run. Because, you know, normally running back has been one of the positions that they suffered uh, the most at during the playoffs. Pittsburgh up against Atlanta, that was a 19 to 16 point victory for Pittsburgh. And pretty much what I got out of this game is I don't want to start anybody on either one of those teams in my playoffs. Yeah, watching this game, it was kind of disappointing to see Pickett not take that leap. Uh, he's just not playing like the guy he did in the preseason. Uh, this is the the great the matchup for them to show why he was drafted where he was and why they chose to use him over Trubisky. But nah, it wasn't there. Again, another Pickens. I mean, one catch for two yards. It's horrible. Deontay Johnson, still another game with no touchdown catches. Uh, it just didn't look good. And this game also showed me that Atlanta's about to go into the bye week. Look for Riddler to come back out when they get out of there. I don't see Mariota uh, making it out that bye week as a starter. I think really going, it's, it's time for them to put him in the game. I definitely agree with that. The only issue is because you haven't seen him, and once you go that route, you can't go back. And the fact that right now you're one game out of first place, depending on what happens tonight with Tampa Bay. It's like, you know, what do you do? I mean, Tampa Bay right now is five and six. Atlanta, they're five and eight. So depending on what happens in this game tonight, they, they still may actually be one win away from being, you know, in the lead of that division, which is which is sad. I Meaning they would actually host a playoff game and everything. So that's something the NFL definitely needs to look at. But uh, another set of teams that I am looking at probably not starting anybody are Denver and Baltimore. Um, maybe I start Andrews going forward. I was well in the world of tight ends, you kind of got to start him, but. I don't really want to start anybody else on either team. This was a 10 to 9 victory, and Huntley came in and brought them a victory from uh, the jaws of defeat, if you will. Although the score was low, it definitely didn't look very good. Um, the offense didn't look very good as far as Baltimore was concerned. The Denver's offense hadn't looked good all year. What's your prognosis for Baltimore going forward? Well, I think you said that with Dochage, you kind of entertain him. But outside of that, are there any other Denver guys that, barring, you know, this is the last person on my bench and I got to put him in, is there anybody that you would put in? No, not at all. Make it that quick. <laughs> Um, right. <laughs> as far as the, the the Broncos is concerned, only thing there's only two things on this team worth fantasy. There's probably Dolce and the defense. Other than that, 
I mean, maybe maybe McManus, you know, what I mean, the kicker. But <laughs> if you're gonna leave with a kicker, but nah, this 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 team is just just wait, just wait till next year when they hit the reset button. Um, as far as the Ravens, man, Huntley should be a big waiver ad. It's funny. I, this is why I am who I am in this shit. You know, I added him last week. I bore shadowing. Something just said in. It's like, it's that time. <laughs> it's time for Lamar to get hurt. And the reason why I say that is everything going on, right? That usage rate was stupid. He was the con the, but the, the most running back. But also the contract. You know what I'm saying? It's so much going on. And you plan not to get hurt. And you, it's just so much going on when, you know, same thing we've seen with Earl Thomas, Dak Prescott, all these guys waiting for their money and bam, injury. You know what I'm saying? So something just told me, like, go ahead and get Huntley, man. And as soon as I got him, boom, injury. So let me ask you this. I guess it's going to kind of depend on how long Lamar is out, but mm -hmm. could this possibly hurt Lamar's contract capability? Most if definitely. If Huntley goes out there and he shows that, hey, I'm more than a serviceable guy, and what you get from Lamar in a trade, plus having me at quarterback, seeing as how you don't throw the ball very damn much. Most definitely. You'd be in a much more advantageous position more than giving this guy a quarter of a billion dollars. Most definitely. Uh, I thought it was going to hurt him. I knew it was going to hurt him going into this season, the way Huntley played, because if they feel they can win games with, with a guy like that, why invest a quarter of a billion dollars into the quarterback? And if you're Lamar, are you going to rush back so that they can't quite see all that they have? And does that end up hurting you even more? It's so many layers of this thing now, like you said. I think he already hurt his, his chances with, you know, that money already. They're still going to offer him something. But as far as he getting where he think he want to get, you know, that 250 that whatever, that, that has gone out the window. Um, and do you think that that's due to injury? To hey, you can't stay healthy, or yeah. they're eight and four right but, now, and without him, they'd probably be four and eight. Yeah, but that's the that's the reason why they didn't want to pay him all the money because of the way he plays the game, he, he has a higher chance of being injured. Uh, and even though he don't take really big shots or anything like that, but do you know him the, the wear and tear running the ball? You see what happened to Fields this year? I mean, already you already see how that game is to be running the ball a whole lot. And I'm just waiting for Jalen. I'm just waiting for Jalen Hurts to happen. You watch your mouth. I'm, I'm not saying this year. <laughs> no, no hopefully, hopefully not this year. But what I'm saying, I'm just I'm just waiting for that thing to happen where it's like, okay, put a lot of miles on this car. You know what I'm saying? Like Running I mean, backs get hurt is what it boils down to. Right. Running backs get hurt. But just running and, back. And you're smaller than a running hurt. back. Right. Right. Green Bay went up against Chicago. This ended up being a 28-19 to 19 point victory for Green Bay. And the young buck, Christian Watson, went off again. So mm -hmm. as you've stated in previous weeks, this may be a league winner. This is your Cooper Cup. Path. This is your Cooper Cup, people. For all your Cooper Cup owners, this was your Cooper Cup. Well, he was for me. I mean, he was able to uh, come in and give you that same production. The same nothing that you was getting from Cooper, you get from this guy. And you got him probably for free unless you mm -hmm. traded him and gave up a whole lot less than what he was worth because you got on it early enough. Right. This is a guy that we were touting from prior to his breakout game because we saw it on the horizon. That's just something to keep in mind there. Chicago side of the ball, uh, Montgomery ended up having a decent game. Cole Komet ended up having a decent game for a tight end, for sure, in that scary landscape right now. You brought up the Fields injury, and, and again, that's just one of those, I would hate to depend on him just because, you know, you're always one hit away, but you're also one play away from him scoring a freaking 50-yard scamper um, into the end zone and, and, and making his week almost on one play. So mm -hmm. 
there's that side of it as well. Jacksonville yeah. went up against Detroit. This was a 40 to 14 point victory for Detroit, who is now five and seven, one game ahead of Jacksonville, who's now at four and eight. This game kind of surprised me a little bit. I thought Jacksonville was going to put up a little bit more of a fight. Detroit did the damn thing. St. Brown is a number one wide receiver. Golf is a back in one to front in two um still bye week and injury type guy or streaming type guy depending on who your um number one quarterback is if you're looking at a one qb league as far as i'm concerned at this point a weekly starter if you're talking about super flex i'm um, just depending on the amount of talent that you have there at the quarterback position yeah detroit was able to do what they do both running backs put up touchdowns golf is slinging the rock like he's that guy and jacksonville's defense kind of disappointed me a little bit i thought they were going to be able to minimize what detroit's offensive capability was going to be but detroit's defense finally stepped up they're going in the right direction i definitely like the offense for detroit going forward through the rest of the year yeah i told you i think we talked about it in the pre-show before sunday started golf was going to be one of them nice you know low-key deal i know it's going to be a high scoring game in some fashion. Right. Swift. Swift like he's uh, back fully healthy. He actually led the backfield in carries. So that was a good thing Williams to see. still got his touchdown. <laughs> yeah, he got one. I mean, Swift got one as well. Amon St. Brown, man, he continues to look the part. But this is a good matchup for him. I know him and Christian Kirk also had a good game this game. Lawrence, he left early, came back. So one of the surprising things was ETN. I thought ETN would play better in this game. He didn't really get going. I think he had a little fumble early in the game, something like that. Moving forward, a lot of these guys are really dependent on matchups. These two teams, two defenses, which is a good matchup. So as far as fantasy implications, as far as Armand St. Brown, I think, you know, he should be you know, anybody. You no matter who they're playing, I think you just deploy him per usual. Cleveland went up against Houston. If you just looked at the box score, you would have thought that Deshaun Watson came out firing on all cylinders with Cleveland winning 27 to 14. But I'm pretty sure their defense and special teams put up more points than their offense. Houston went out there and did Houston Texans type things. I, I really don't trust anybody on, on Houston's side of the ball at this point in the game. As far as Cleveland is concerned, hey, we told you to temperature, temper your expectations as far as Deshaun was concerned. He, he hadn't played a game in like over 700 days. It's going to take him a little bit of time to reacclimate himself, but I believe that between what they have available to them on offense and on defense, they'll be able to kind of make their way through the rest of the season. Whether or not that'll mean a playoff berth, that'll be yet to be seen. They'd have to win quite a few of these last few games to overtake that but in that division i don't believe cincinnati is too far ahead of them they're at eight and four cincinnati would have to kind of hit a lull and they would have to kind of get on a hot streak but i believe they still play each other again as well so that could help too and we'll see how that goes anything of significance to speak to on your end from that matchup no that's just the texans are bad and deshaun is rusty, rusty. <laughs> yep you know what i'm saying um, i expected a bigger game out of chubb true i agree you know I mean? But that wasn't the case in this game. I'm not sure if this Brown team can even make the playoffs. They probably have to win out, to be honest with they you. They would have to win their division. You know what I mean? Cincinnati would have to falter. Yeah, I don't see them doing that. But I guess it's good just to get some, some game, you know, game speed type things under his belt. They'd be ready to go next year, I think. But this ain't it. This ain't the year. 
the New York Jets went up against the Minnesota Vikings. This was a 27 to 22 win for the Vikings. I kind of, uh, this game was kind of toxy-turvy there for a minute. Sauce definitely limited Jefferson as far as what we were used to seeing. Cousins was just kind of off in this game, although they did end up pulling it off in the end. We see that the Jets, they still have some room for growth. I, I definitely believe that they missed Carter. They prefer to run the rock a little bit more. Mike White didn't I wouldn't say he's a carriage return to a pumpkin, but he didn't do what he did previously. We're kind of seeing the levels that he may rise or fall to, depending on, you know, level of competition. But I kind of felt that they were going to get a little bit more done in the past game because of the defense they were going up. That's kind of how that cookie crumbled. Mike White, like you said, it wasn't too bad. If you look at the box score, you see he threw two interceptions. No touchdowns, but a lot of those interceptions wasn't really his fault. A lot of bouncing, you know, balls bouncing in the air type of things. Um, the Jets could have won this game. They played well enough to win the game as far as defensively. I mean, he was able to slow them up. Davin Cook, surprisingly, uh, had a decent game against his, his run defense. But as far as the uh, passer, I mean, like you said, he had Jefferson. He had, only 40, he had a touchdown, but he only had 45 yards receiving. The, the Jets definitely played well enough to win this game, but offensively, they weren't able to string enough for drives together to score more points. But they played well. The Commanders went up against the Giants. <laughs> the funny part about this was going into the game, I kind of saw the teams as being equal, but it just was going to be, you know, which dog had its day. Game ends up being a tie, 20-20. <laughs> to 20. Yeah, what, what are your thoughts on the Giants and the Commanders going forward? Are there any fantasy guys that you are confident in other than Scary Terry and Barkley? No, that's about it. Daniel Jones, I guess, in some leagues as far as because he has the capability to run. Uh, they say they want him to run more. Uh, so that would be a thing that to watch. But it's all about the matchup. I think they have the Cowboys coming up a couple times. I'm not sure if they have the Eagles left again. So it's really going to depend on the matchup. But like you said, Barkley and Terry are really the guys on any on both of these teams combined as far as like fantasy relevancy moving forward. Tennessee went up against Philly. This was a 35 to 10 point victory for Philly. And they're basically just trucking along. The, one of the more impressive things to me in this one was Sanders was able to hold serve against one of the toughest defenses as far as run defense is concerned. Do we put another feather in, in Sanders' cap? Should we put a little bit more trust in him regardless of the defense at this point? Tennessee's run defense was number two in the NFL. Well, let's talk about this game real quick. All right. Disappointing for me. <laughs> I'm a Derrick Henry owner. And I'm like, dude, I lost like by like five, six points. You get three. Come on, man. Come on. But like, like like we spoke about this early before kickoff, this run defense. You know what I'm saying? One of the guys remember asked us when we played Jonathan Taylor or Sanders. I believe right. I said Jonathan Taylor. I'm not sure what his score ended up being. But this guy, he had a touchdown. Sanders did, but only had 24 yards rushing, which is not nothing off 10 carries. But again, I called it another DFS play. I was saying A.J. Brown with the revenge game. We knew that was going to be what it was. He went off for this game as well. One thing about this Titans team, like I said, they can slow you up. They play really good defense. But their Achilles heel is where they get down. And if you if they, they're so bad on the back end that they can't stop the pass. So if they get down by 14, 17 with points. Being out too. That hurt them a lot. Yeah. But once they're down, it takes Derrick Henry out of the game. You know, because at that point, you're not going to be running the ball two, three times, you know, a possession. But first, second, and third down when you're down 14. You know what I mean? So he was only able to get 11 carries this whole game. They got down early and 
kind of forced Tannehill to throw the ball and with very limited pass catchers, this is what you get. But one bright spot fantasy, that could also be a waiver ad we didn't talk about with that guy Chig. He looking like he's going to be the, the more of the downfield threat to tight end. Yeah, definitely. And he's so, one of those guys that once he gets the ball, he going to run over that first dude. Like, <laughs> he, that's a big man. He, he going to run through that first. So, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And then especially going into the next year, if you're talking dynasty, you could probably get him for free now. He's going to be something going forward. Yeah, he definitely worth the ass. Seattle went up against Los Angeles. Not really much to talk about in this game. We talked about the injury to Walker. DK went off. Lockett was able to do a little something-something. As far as the Los Angeles side, I mean, I, I don't really – I don't really feel comfortable with anybody on their side of the ball if I can avoid it. Any given game can be the game that everything just implodes with all their talent basically being depleted at this point. This is another one of those games as far as DK. I was like, either he going to do great or he going to do nothing. I think about that really good game. That injury to – Was that DK that you said was going to get two touchdowns or nothing? Yeah. And he got two touchdowns, didn't he? Uh, did he? I think he got I one. I believe he did. Did he – Oh, okay. He, they he must, got they one. Called one back or something because yeah. I, I know I saw the highlights. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so it's like, but that's who he is, you know. Against the Rams, either he's gonna go at their head hard, or it's gonna be a real extremely quiet game. It's like no medium. It's either a super great game or nothing. And he had a, a really good game uh, for one. He had eight balls for one twenty-seven. And I think you're gonna see more of that moving forward with the injury to Kent Walker. I think you're gonna just see more of Geno Smith passing the ball. I mean, he had thirty-nine pass attempts. That's not he had really high for um, passing yards. Well, he had close to 400 yards. Yeah. Game. I mean, like I said, 39 pass attempts. That's pretty high for a Seattle offense. So I, I look for them to do the same thing moving forward. Not going to run the ball very much. They're about to be airing out these next couple of weeks, maybe long as uh, Walker is out. Now, we talked about Miami and Tua having a test this week, and it really being the opportunity for him to show that he is who we think he may be. And in this game, even though Jimmy G ended up, you know, exiting, ended up being a slaughter, 33 to 17 with a rookie quarterback. This was his first game. So yeah, San Fran may just be able to keep trucking. I think that Miami, um, they could use a little bit of a wake up. They still are in prime position as far as playoffs are concerned, but I think they started reading their own press clippings a little bit. I mean, sometimes the loss, although I don't, I don't ever look at loss as being a good thing. I hate to lose more than I like to win. For Miami's case, I think this loss didn't hurt them as much as a loss hurt several other teams this week. It was the teacher versus the student. Precisely. So and we've seen that. how that's going with the other disciples. Right. This was no different. I want to bet on this one actually. Against a Dolphin fan, and, <laughs> you know, which I told him, like, I told him that same thing. It's the teacher versus student. Like, this will be no different. And it showed. Uh, but the Miami is still a good team. I just think the 49ers is just not a good match. Uh, also, a guy I spoke with, he's an Eagles fan. And I was just telling him, like, look, you know, y'all got a pretty good team. Y'all can very well make it to the Super Bowl. But if you run into the 49ers, you won't. You know what I'm saying? It's just one of those things where I think. <laughs> It, you know, I'm just saying. I think we're the only team that could probably even, beat even them. Even after the injury to the, after the injury to Jimmy G, you feel yeah, like, yeah, okay. I just think because we're the team that could beat them. Like you know, once you get playoff football, it's all about the matchups. Sometimes it ain't really about okay, this is the best team in the division, or this is the best team in the NFC, and this team. Nah, that, all that doesn't matter at this point. Certain teams are kryptonite to other teams as far as the way they do football. But the Eagles are a team that want to run the ball. You got a running quarterback. And the 49ers being the best run team in the league defensively, and they also can run the ball as well. It's a recipe to for disaster for them. 
I think the Eagles could beat anybody else in the NFC. I just don't think the four, they can beat the 49ers when it comes time for playoff football. And this just one of those games, this game right here, I just think Miami ran into a team that is kind of like a kryptonite to the way they play football. Now, it's so funny, like a team like Miami could turn around. They got the Bills coming up. Now, they're very well going to beat the I Bills. Gonna, I was about to say, I you think they're going to beat the Bills. But you see, you see what I'm saying now? And the Bills are a really good team, but they go they turn around and beat them easily. But then you will lose to a team like the 49ers. So I just think it's all about styles, styles. Styles yeah. make fights, you know what I mean? And I just think their style just don't fit as far as uh, this game. So Miami's still a good team. I just think, think this ain't the matchup for him. Kansas City went up against Cincinnati. This was a 27 to 24 point win. You can look on my Facebook page. I want to say an hour, two hours before the game. I posted 89% of the public is betting on Kansas City. Vegas never loses. This was obvious to me. So, sometimes you, you you can't look at the, the, the team itself. You just got to look at the money. Follow the money. Good output fantasy-wise on both ends. I thought Chase might do a little bit more. I actually started him over Dalvin Cook in a league because I didn't think Dalvin would do as well against that defense, and I thought Chase would do a little bit better against Kansas City, but still won, so everything worked out. But anything significant stood out to you in this one? I do like the fact that Kansas City is trucking along even without mixing. Ryan was able to more than hold serve. That's something that Cincinnati hasn't done in the past. Normally, if pieces as significant as Chase or Mixon went down for any length of time, that kind of crippled them. They're becoming a team that's figuring out ways to win. Hey, is Joe Burrow the best quarterback in the NFL? No. Why not? He's beating Pat Mahomes three times in a row. I'm just saying. And that's one thing that Vegas may have noticed as well. People not really paying attention. Quiet as kept. Yeah, they beat him. This is the third time they beat him in a row. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So head to head, I mean, what's going on here? You know what I'm saying? Well, another bro? one of the matchup situations. I'm just saying. Hey, and they will be in the playoffs from the looks of things. And I'm pretty sure these guys will definitely see each other again. But it was good to see, like you said, P. Ryan played well. It seemed like he's getting more comfortable. As the games, you know, being the starter, you know, it's different when you practice it the whole week knowing you're going to start, Fact. right? Yeah. Definitely. And you can see some his comfort. Some people thrive in that and some people cower in it. He's been thriving. Right. You can see his comfort level and comfortability definitely going up as that is concerned. And they'll only get better. This is, you know, Chase's first game back, shake a little cobwebs off, and he looked good. He had one pass that he stepped out of bounds. He caught the ball, but, you know, still making those acrobatic catches. And this team is going to be a hard out. And if they could play defense, this was really about. If they could slow somebody up, they're going to be definitely a hard out uh, in the playoffs. You had Los Angeles go up against Las Vegas. This was a 27 to 20 point victory for Vegas. Los Angeles is now 6 and 6, and their playoff hopes are starting to dissipate a little bit there. We don't normally see anywhere close to the level of blame placed on Herbert as we see on a whole lot of other quarterbacks, but the season for the Chargers isn't quite going according to plan. They definitely have had several injuries. Vegas has had several injuries themselves. If Vegas can kind of finish this thing on a high note, do we think that they give McDaniels another year or two or? or the kind of nail is in the coffin in that one already. As far as fantasy is concerned, Adams is Adams. There's nobody else that I trust other than, obviously, uh, Jacobs. He didn't go off like he has gone off previously, but still. Eckler and still Herbert on that end. This game is kind of strange. Um, As it got later in the third, fourth quarter, Eckler was on the bench. I'm like, what's going on? Like, this playing Jackson a lot. I'm like, I didn't get it. He wasn't hurt or anything. It's just like he just wasn't on the field. It's just been strange football going on, man. Um, 
that's a team that Sean Payton specifically stated he wanted the head coaching job for. Which one, the Chargers? Yes. Uh, he said either the Chargers or what was the other team? Uh, damn. Um, I can't remember who the other team was, but the Chargers immediately stood out. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they gave him a and, and why not? You could jump around the team that guys are a franchise quarterback. Yep. I mean Sean Payton ain't you know what I'm saying? He's not gonna exactly. take a he's not gonna take a project. But as far as the Raiders, I think I don't know if it'd be McDaniels. It may be Carr. And all the reason I say I don't know, it's kinda scary with Carr because you got Adams there. That may be the only saving grace for Carr, being that you spend so much money bringing Adams in. He's probably the reason he's there. And you can't really pay another quarterback because of what you paid Adams. So unless you're going the rookie route. But what's, I don't get like why this team record looked the way it is. is. Is it the defense? Because like if you look at them on paper and you know with the season that Devontae's having, you'll think they'd be playing a lot better. So It's been defense more than mostly more than anything else. But they have had turnover issues as well. And they got some good defensive if you look like I said on paper, they got Chandler Jones. Like Yeah, Jones finally had a, a decent game as far as sacks were concerned, but he's been a ghost for most of the season. I like the Crosby's been the only Crosby, yeah, on he, 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 a, he a dog. Yeah. Man, he's a dog. Which makes it more puzzling why Jones can't get off on the other side. Maybe they're Devlin and Jones, and, and that's the reason Crosby's getting off. I don't know, but I, that, that hasn't been what I've seen on most plays. Last up, we have Indy was trumped by the Dallas Cowboys, 54-19, to gee whiz. They set the starters in the fourth quarter. I mean, this game got out of hand. Dallas is doing what they do. They're still, right now, supposed to be the lead dog in the house as far as the OBJ sweepstakes, regardless of where he may be health-wise. It's looking like it's going to be between them, the Bills, and the Giants. Everything that could go right for Dallas went right for them. For the most part, everything that could go wrong for Indy went wrong. Do we think Saturday going into this bye week goes, goes ahead and says, okay, let's go ahead and sit Matt Ryan back on down, or how, how's this going to work out? And, and put who in the game? Anybody. Shit. They, they got foes. Foes can't be much worse than Matt Ryan right now. Oh, they, they got Nick Foles? Yeah. Damn, why did they play him from the beginning? They didn't play him I don't the know. Kid. They put yeah, they put um Essinger in there, but yeah, they they got foes been sitting on the bench all year. Mm, I can see that. I mean I can see that. You can't tell me that, that Matt Ryan and Foles ain't on about the same level anyway. So I'm just saying, like, you know, but at this point you should be looking man. in your future's in college right now. Facts. Your future's Facts. your future probably. So maybe that's class. why they keep him out there then. They don't want to make a change. That's good. Well, I don't see Saturday looking that way. He ain't looking long term. He looking at right now. Matt so Ryan looking him, like Matt Ryan looking like Matt Schaub. Facts on the Texans. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's just look. looking like Hasselback. It's time. <laughs> it's time for him to, to hang it up. Matter of fact, look for him. Maybe you hear it his first. He'd probably be a 49 er next year. Matt Ryan. Yeah, as a backup. Even with uh, Purdy in there and Lance being back. Uh, Purdy, Purdy just be a third forever. He's Mr. Irrelevant. He'd be a third regardless. Uh, but look for if Matt he Ryan. Doing the way he did this week, I don't know if he could be. You nah, know. look for Matt Ryan to go back up Trey Lance next year. Okay, okay. We'll definitely keep an eye on that. And um, as we enter the offseason, we'll definitely deep dive a little bit more into the prognosis of the following year and the moves that you should be making in Dynasty. After week 14, we'll go back to one show per week. At that point, when you're in the playoffs, we'll definitely guide you through your start sits, your pivots based on injuries and things of that nature. Most of the other stuff is irrelevant at that point. <laughs> I know the mass majority of the fiends out there are going to be in the playoffs so we'll definitely be here for you with that make sure you join the facebook group 
will definitely be very active there as well, being able to respond to your personal questions and queries. Now, that's going to be how you get your wins in the playoffs, not based on general information. But as of today, we out.